What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got Jake Nackus. We thought, well, let's, let's find another option that's just as unique that you know hasn't been done before and we kind of came up with those those cool felt pouches and people absolutely loved them this is another episode of our innovation and leadership series where we interview pro athletes world-class musicians ceos hollywood filmmakers and a wide variety of other high achievers before we get rolling we want to invite you to get involved in the charity our founders helped start called child rescue we work to combat child sex trafficking in the u.s and globally the top project you could help with now is in Cusco, Peru. There are 20 girls that the local government rescued but didn't have anywhere to keep them safe, so they put them in jail. The government has said that they're willing to give custody of these kids to the aftercare facility we're helping to expand now once we raise enough money and build an extra building there. To learn more, please click on the Child Rescue tab on our website, which is iCollective.co. So with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Jake, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jess. I appreciate it. Um, so we got to know each other with your watch company, Arvo, uh, arvoware.com, um, supporting child rescue and things like that. Um, but you've gone on to, to do some pretty interesting stuff lately with, uh, the collaborate app. And, you know, I think in three months you guys had like 70 or 80 million people reached with this program. Um, tell us about, yeah. uh, tell us about collaborate. Sure. Well, collaborate, what it is, it's an app that helps connect brands and influencers together. And we kind of, uh, we like to think of it as Tinder for brands and influencers, just because you can instantly create a, a profile and, you know, as a brand and, and meet influencers all over the world who meet, you know, certain, uh, spe- you know, specific like categories and reach and demographic geography and really help promote your brand very quickly. And uh, where Collaborate came from was actually from Arvo. So we, we started Arvo, which is a, a minimal watch company, about three years ago. And the way we've had our success is through influencer marketing. And throughout you know, the past three years, we've worked with you know, hundreds, possibly thousands of influencers. And over time, it kind of gets hard to, to manage that many people at once. And so Collaborate was born out of, a, out of necessity to Arvo to help, you know, keep all these different collabs organized and together. And so we, we built this app and now opened it up so any brand and any influencer has access to it. And so it's kind of been a, a fun, you know, journey this past few months, seeing people from all over the world join the app and, and start to meet new brands. <laughs> well, obviously it's taking off. I think I, think I heard you've had like 92,000 requests on there for matching brands and and yeah. uh, potential users. Um, exactly. I, I like that you guys use the word influencer maybe a little more liberally than other people. Um, do you want to talk about it's, you know, it's more than just Ashton Kutcher that you're interested in? 
Exactly. And, you know, more and more you'll see this because celebrities, you know, they, they do have a lot of influence over a lot of people. But what is, what is becoming more and more popular is, you know, using the girl next door who, who might have, you know, 20,000 followers, but the majority of them are very engaged and, and look up to her as, you know, a friend. And so if she's posting something and maybe refers a, a cool Arvo watch, then those people are a lot more likely to, to go buy an Arvo watch than if, you know, a celebrity did because they're, they're a little more closely related and on, on the same, you know, playing field. And so these micro-influencers is kind of a name that has been coined. Um, you may have to work with more of them, but the reach that they have is a lot more organic and, and true than just, you know, like you said, the LeBron James or Ashton Kutcher. It, it is interesting, you know, um, your style, um, very simple, very, like kind of more the elegant type approach instead of the flashy in your face, kind of more, like your stuff doesn't feel like a fad product. You know, it seems like somebody could have bought it this year or they could have bought it 10 years ago or they could have bought it 20 years ago. Like yeah. it's, it's got a little bit more of that type of feel to it. Um, but it also like where it seems classy, it doesn't necessarily seem out of reach as far as price point. You sure. know, I remember before you and I'd met, I'd, um, you guys have been getting pretty popular at West at least. And I'd seen them on a lot of people and, uh, just was kind of like, you know, it was a step above. It didn't look like a, a watch you just got from the mall, but it didn't necessarily, you know, I wasn't guessing that it was going to be five grand either, you know? Sure, sure. And I, I think that's, you know, we've really tried to find that balance between, you know, affordable and, and still, you know, ahead of the kind of ahead of the fashion curve. And so we thought that, you know, we kind of we took a look at everything else that has lasted over generations, and one thing that they have in common is just being simple and not trying to incorporate too many like you know trendy elements. And so we, uh, I actually, I saw this watch at a pawn shop three or four years ago, and it, it was a gold watch, and it had this really cool embossed um, golden eagle on it, and it had this brown leather band that was just super worn in, and I could tell had been you know, used for a while by somebody. And I really liked just the clean aesthetic of the watch. And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of detail. And if you were to compare our watch side by side with, you know, the one I found at that pawn shop, you'll find a lot of those similarities where it's just very clean and simple. You know, the face is, we don't have any numbers on the face. We do have some hour marks and, and just our, our small logo. But for the most part, it's, you're just going to find a very, like, sleek, clean face that, you know, like you said, could be worn 50 years ago or, you know, today and still fit right in. Um, so Arvo is not that old. Um, when you think about kind of the rapid growth that you've had, um, did you – was were, was this influencer marketing the first thing you tried or or was it something that – you know, after kind of maybe thinking another couple directions would be your traction, you you stumbled onto this, or how did that work out? So we were lucky enough to have a couple of friends who were bloggers, and I knew nothing about the space when we started Arvo. Um, my wife actually had mentioned, "Hey, I follow this you know girl. She's actually one of my friends. I wonder if she would you know do a post about our watch on her on her blog for you guys." 
And, and I was like, yeah, sure. We can give that a shot. And this was literally, you know, less than a week after we, we got our first watches. And so we were brand new. And so we sent her a watch. She ended up posting. I remember I was walking down the street in Huntington beach when all of a sudden my phone started blowing up with notifications on Instagram and my website. And I, I couldn't figure out what it was. And then when I realized it was because, you know, this, this gal whose name is Carol Loren had posted for us that we had all these new eyes on our, our site and our social medias. And since that day, it's been definitely our, our go-to when we have, you know, some, some cash to play around with marketing. And don't get me wrong, we've, we've done, you know, paid ads on, on um, Google and Facebook, and we've done all of the traditional types of marketing, and, and we do those as a supplemental option, but our, our go-to is still, to this day, influencer marketing. Yeah. Um, I'm interested uh, in the whole manufacturing game, because um, the business you'd been running previously with your dad was on the healthcare side, right? Yeah, it was healthcare and it was more of a service. So we we were an agency to help place um, nurse practitioners and physician assistants at different um, you know hospitals and clinics around the country. And so, had, did you have any manufacturing background, or was this is was Arvo your first dive in? Arvo was yes, definitely my first dive in, and I mean, I had I had played around with you know manufacturing and getting samples here and there. But nothing ever, you know, nothing ever serious. It was more just as a kind of a fun thing. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the rookie mistakes to avoid? If, if any of the rest of us want to start getting stuff made? Well, for starters, where, where are you having your stuff made? Or how did that, how did you choose where to get it made? Yeah, so we, I mean, there, there's a, a site called Alibaba. Mm-hmm. And for those that, you know, aren't familiar with it, it's, it's almost like a, kind of like an eBay, it's, you know, China's version of eBay where, you know, you can get on and, and source different products and then it leads you to the manufacturers who, who made those products and you can see, you know, more or less a lookbook of what they can do and what they've done in the past. And that's, I think that's a good place to start. Um, being that, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot more popular lately, it also comes with, you know, fraudulent type things. So you do have to be careful um, I wouldn't put your, you know, all your eggs into the Alibaba basket by mm-hmm. any means, but it's a good place to start. And um, so what we did was I I started contacting different manufacturers who who made watches that were, you know, somewhat similar to what I was looking for, the you know the Japanese quartz movements and you know stainless steel and simple. And so it took us. It, probably 15 different manufacturers who sent us samples before we really liked um, the one we, we stuck with. And, and how long, over what period of time did you go through those 15? I would say about six months. Okay. Because you have to deal with, you know, shipping. A lot of the times you can get the samples for free. You just have to pay the shipping. And so depending on how they ship them, it can take, you know, 10, 12 days to get the the product. And so it just, I mean, it's just kind of time consuming and you're, 
You're super excited, of course, and so the weeks go by even slower when you're waiting for samples. <laughs> sure. Now, I'm interested in the idea of watches when so many people are checking the time on their smartphone. Tell me about the evolution of watches in your mind. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, I do like to keep up with, you know, new, you know, tech gadgets and anything that's, you know, kind of fun and interesting like that. In fact, I, I had a, an iWatch for a couple months just because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see, is this going to be better than our Arva watch? Am I going to start losing out on sales because of this watch? And really what it comes down to is you're right. I mean, a lot of people check their phone on their, or sorry, check time on their phone. But a watch is more about just the time, more than about time. It's also a fashion statement um, and an, an accessory, really, because men in particular, I mean, we don't have a whole lot that we can change up as far as, you know, accessories like, you know, women have rings and necklaces and, and shoes. Yeah. As, as both our wives can probably, you know, <laughs> looking at our wives' closets. Probably, exactly. Probably and, you know, guys don't have as many options. And so I think that's why it's, it's always going to be, you know, a statement and a fashion accessory to have a watch. Um, and so for that reason, you know, they're going to be timeless. Things will come and go. I think the iWatch, and it has some cool features, but most of the people I know have at some point or another gotten rid of their their Apple watch, either because they got tired of having to charge it every night or, you know, it was bothersome. And so they, they'd go back to just a simple watch that, you know, helps complete an outfit. Well, even, even if they keep it, you know, I, I think about in the business environment, right? Like wearing watches comes kind of like wearing a belt. Like you, you know, if you're in a suit or something like this, like, you know, you probably don't need it to keep the pants up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless exactly. you're like really fashion forward with the no belt look, uh-huh. you know, like it's, it's the same reason as a tie. Like you don't need a tie to keep your shirt together. You don't need a tie to keep your spaghetti sauce off your shirt. Like it's, it's not about the function, right? Exactly. It's, yeah. It's about signaling to the people that you're about to meet with that you understand what it's like, you know what I mean? That, that you're one of them, that, sure. that they can make some assumptions right off the bat about um, your ability to read that social relationship situation, right? It's, um, I mean, it's, it's why it's uncomfortable to be either radically overdressed or radically underdressed at an event where everyone else is within a certain range, right? Exactly. Um, I'm interested from a design perspective that my inner art geek, you know, I remember the first one of your watches I ever got was from Lindsay Hadley, um, who we've got a great episode of hers on here, but uh, it came in this awesome felt case. And uh-huh. now, now you've got a felt band that's come out. <laughs> Talk to me about that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So watches are, are nothing new, right? I mean, they've been around forever. There's, you know, a hundred different watch brands. So we wanted to find just even little things that helped separate us or maybe, you know, left an impression on a customer so they would tell somebody else. And that was kind of the idea around those uh, felt watch cases. In fact, even prior to those, we were hand-making all the pouches out of leather. And so we'd go down to Tandy Leather, order like a, you know, buy a half um, slab of cow leather, whatever you want to call it, and we'd literally trace them out, cut them, sew them together, put the watches in those, and 
and send them out. And that was kind of our way to separate us from from everybody else who was, you know, trying to sell watches. And although we would have loved to keep doing the, the leather, it just became, you know, pretty time consuming when we could no longer keep up with our daily orders and making those pouches. And so we thought, well, let's, let's find another option that's just as unique that, you know, hasn't been done before. And we kind of came up with those, those cool felt pouches and people absolutely loved them. And so we, we found that after they you know, got their watch, they were using the pouches as a wallet or to hold other items or to store their, their watch in the night. And so it kind of became a cool second product that they would get. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Now I have started to see iPad cases and some other things incorporating that kind of, you know, that thicker felt with the leather accents, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it strikes that line between um, inventing the future, you know, being being on the, the, the front end of the trend, um, but not in a... I don't know, not in a cheap kind of way, like in a way that um, even if everybody's doing felt 10 years from now or five years from now, it's not um, inherently gaudy or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it has a sure. classiness about it. They'll probably yeah. endure a bit, right? Yeah, and it's still super simple and minimal and it was just, you know, just a gray felt pouch. It was, yeah, had a little leather strap on it. So it was super minimal and like you said, not not too gaudy or anything. Who, whose idea was it to... to Put it on a band. That was actually my wife. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like entrepreneurs' wives totally get the short end. Like they do, <laughs> they do so much work, and they're always in the background. I know. Um, yeah, she's great about it, though. And like a couple of the CEOs I do coaching for, a couple of female CEOs, same thing. Like their husbands do so much Mister Mom stuff, so that <laughs> so that they can, you know, really achieve what they're achieving. Sure. And, uh, it's but it's such like a thankless background job for for doing such huge amounts of work, you know. Yeah, no, she. I mean, many of the ideas come from Mrs. Nackis, so we 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 like to have her in our back pocket. <laughs> um, and didn't you say they almost they sold out like almost immediately? Yeah, they did, and and I think the reason is just because they're they're so unique. Um, they they still have you know the leather backing to help with any you know, perspiration or wearing anything like that. But the, the felt is just, it's kind of fun and, you know, you don't see it all the time. So they, when we listed them, they did sell out very quickly. Well, listen, you know, most of the listeners are probably not in the watch business, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the principle here of finding something that's uh, different enough to be novel, but similar enough to be relatable um, you know, I've been kind of geeking out on this book. Do you know uh, Jonah Berger? He wrote Contagious, um, that orange the book. Movie? Uh, it's it's that about why things go viral. He's a Wharton professor. I know that I've heard of that, but I don't, I don't recall. So his new book, Invisible Influence, is pretty awesome. Anyways, he talks a ton about this, like new enough to be novel, similar enough to be relatable is like what catches on. Uh -huh. um, when you think about making those discoveries or people who are in a completely different industry that are saying – hey, I want to sell more of my stuff. I want to come out with something that sells out immediately. What kind of principles do you think they could apply in a different space? I think there's a, you know, there's a few different ways to go about it. And sometimes I think you'll strike out and sometimes you're going to hit a home run. But there's definitely ways to mitigate that risk. And so what we do a lot of the times is 
we rely on you know our current customer base and so we'll we'll come up with some new ideas that we're thinking of um, for example right now we we've been developing a, a watch with a square face and before we actually pull the trigger on any development we turn to our customers and and some of the influencers that we've you know we have a lot of trust in because we've worked in it with for so long and we'll say hey we have this idea um, here's a couple photos of some mock-ups we've done what do you guys think would you you know would you wear them are they on point as far as like trends and so we really lean on them to to help us with some of the decisions and if the feedback isn't great then either we, we tweak it and then you know go back or we we just take it off the table and so I don't I don't think that we're you know by any means pros at you know design or anything like that we're just very connected to our, our customers and we rely heavily on on what they want and so it kind of it kind of helps us build uh, that community too and makes customers feel like they're they're more part of the brand than just a, a customer and so that's that's one of the things we do um, we also look at trends in other spaces you, know, you you had mentioned that you've seen the wool um, like iPad cases and and things like that and so you just got to you know keep an eye out for things that are maybe trending in, in other spaces and see if there's somehow you can incorporate that in, into your own product I uh, I'm flipping through your Instagram here and I'm seeing the thing you did with uh, Joe from Brett and Company yeah we, we had him on when they you know when he blew his Kickstarter out of the water um, oh, cool. you're gonna have to do waxed you know you're gonna have to get some waxed <laughs> cotton straps next from him right yeah exactly uh, what i was just going to say that we've actually we have been looking into some wax canvas straps just because i they are you know they help fit that outdoor space a little bit more and, and waterproof and so that that's another thing that we've we've kind of been working on it seems fun to explore that stuff um yeah well listen there's you know there's endless crap in social media. I mean, the, the noise is just so heavy, right? Um, and there's obviously a big trend towards visual digital marketing. Um, what, what type of rules or what kind of guidance do you guys have? Like, you know, getting 50,000 followers on Instagram for a brand that's just a product is something a lot of other people would like. Um, what do you guys do as far as your discipline, as far like, you know, making sure that what you're putting up is on brand or is something that, you know, is beautiful enough that people want to look at it and they can overlook the fact that it came from a brand or like, talk to me about that. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the question we, we deal with every day, right? Like, should I post this? Is it going to you know take people away from our branding? And that's so important. Like you said, I mean, the power of, you know, a visual, or visual marketing is, is huge these days because people want that, that instant satisfaction. You know, they don't, they don't want to click a link and have to go look at it. They want to see something right there. And so we definitely are, are very strategic in what we post. And luckily at this time, I mean, we get submissions, you know, every single day from, you know, average people up to, you know, photographers trying to build their, their lookbooks and a lot of these, you know, people who submit photos, they'll look at the aesthetic of our, our brand and try to kind of capture that same vibe in their own style. And that, 
I guess helps them be more eligible for a feature on our page. But we still, we, we don't like to turn people away. And so what we did is we created a, a second Instagram account and it's just arvo.clan, arvoclan. And so what we do there is we repost, you know, images once or twice a day just from, you know, different customers and users around the world who, you know, maybe we wouldn't have posted it on our main account because we, we have a lot of posts scheduled already, but we do want, you know, to showcase them and see how, you know, your neighbor next door might have, you know, worn it with some jeans or some different shoes or whatever. And so th- that's one thing we do do is try to uh, not use our images every day, but uh, just using other images so people feel like they are part of the group. And, you know, when they do get a shout out, it's, it's super fun for them. Um, another thing we do, and a lot of brands do this, but we, we want to find other reasons for, for having Arvo exist, not just to sell watches, but, you know, to help our community. And the ways we do that are, are, you know, we do give 10% of every sale back to charities that are important to us and causes that are, you know, important to us. We, we also get involved with events here locally to help, you know, whether it's raise awareness or service projects. Um, we, we help, you know, people who want to go on humanitarian trips with, you know, some of the funding, Albeit small, we we try to help wherever we can, and that helps us stay motivated. You know whether the cells are coming in or not. If we know that we're you know doing something to try to make our community a little better, then it, it goes a long way. And you have to have something that's you know intangible like that in order to to stay alive as a small business. If you're relying solely on pushing products, then I think most people are going to get burnt out. But if you can have something that motivates you and, you know, keeps you going through the up and downs, then you're going to have a a lot more likelihood of success. Well, I think that's a perfect time to bring up, you know, we're always asking our guests about child rescue and what they would do with their, if they were us with the the charity we run trying to prevent child sex trafficking. And, And you guys have been great about, um, you know, we've got our, our program, you know, our prevention campaign at high schools and colleges, the backyard broadcast program. And, um, we, we literally have kids like saying, Hey, by the way, what do I have to do uh, to get one of the watches? Like, how does that work? (laughs) And, uh, it's, it's, you know, maybe it's a little thing for some people, but for these younger kids where, you know, um, they're, you know, they're counting every dollar. Um, they're really stoked about it because it's classy and it's, they're, they're fashionable enough that it's, like quite desirable for them. Um, so it's, it's been a, even just you giving watches to our team has been something that, um, has resonated with us. Uh, when you think about why you chose to support child rescue, what, what was it about the issue that, that, uh, you wanted to make a difference in? Well, it's one of those things that when you don't know about the issue with, you know, child sex trafficking, you just, you don't know. And, but once you like start to hear about the problem and how, and how many people it's affecting around the world, you almost can't stop thinking about it. And that happened to us. You know, we, we were invited to come listen in on a, a discussion at the impact hub in Salt Lake two or three years ago. And, and ever since that discussion, 
you know, we thought that, you know, even if it's something small, there's got to be a way that we can help these, uh, these kids and, you know, these, these teams who are helping get these kids out of those situations. And so when we, when we were introduced to child rescue and how you guys were helping, you know, implement those things, then it really just resonated with myself and my wife and, and my team because a, a little bit of money can go a long way and a, lo- a little bit of awareness goes an extra long way. And so I know, you know, you guys and some of the other groups that are doing, you know, the, the same uh, pushes to end the child sex trafficking, not only are your direct efforts helping, but just by raising awareness, it's, you know, it's scaring these traffickers and making them think twice before they, they do something like that. So the power of just raising awareness, which we can do very easily on our, our social media, is huge for us. And so that was pretty appealing to get in and, and help where we could. Well, that's awesome. You know, I think that'll be, I think we're going to cut it here for part one of the interviews. Uh, please make sure to check back in tomorrow. Um, part two with Jake, we're going to talk about uh, his app and some other things that uh, be really fun. Thanks so much. Now is the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.